Welcome to Gateway Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Gateway Church Doncaster in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information about Gateway Church, please visit our website, gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk. Thank you for listening. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't going to start with that. I was going to start with something like, um, you know, this being a result of something that God's been doing in my life over the last three, four, five months or so. Uh, he's been speaking very clearly into my life about uh, preparing my heart. I, I had a stony heart, a real stony heart. Um, not coming under authority, not serving properly, not really engaging in a church um, to which I'm part of the body. And God began to talk to me about opening that heart. God was going to do a work. And about me joining the army, Joshua's army. And, uh, and I suppose this is a bit of a result of that, of accepting the offer of coming here today and speaking. Don't really want to do it. But I'm going to obey the Lord. And uh, so for those that are new this morning, what I'm going to be talking about is uh, we've been looking at a series from Paul's letter to Galatians. I'm bad on names, so if I trip up, do uh, have some grace with me. But it's a letter to uh, Galatians. and There were some false teachings and heresy. And Paul's really writing to the church around how to... um, how the church can deal with those difficulties and giving, uh, encouraging the church and dealing with those problems in the church. And thereafter, a couple of weeks later, Tim spoke on, got it here, relationship between Christians and the church and community. The big bit that came out of that for me was the community and we need to be in the communities. And then Owen spoke about the relationship between Christians uh, in family life, etc., And today I'm going to look at Paul's letter to Christians, people within the church, uh, who he's trying to encourage to role model, um, to witness and set a standard uh, to to, uh, slaves and masters uh, outside of the church. So he's writing to slaves and masters within the church uh, to encourage those outside, a way of uh, working alongside and with each other. Before I look at Galatians, it's in Galatians 3:22 to 25 and 4:1. But before I begin to look at that, I just wanted to look at work really, because this is all about work. I'm moving it from slaves and masters to Christians in work. And uh, the Bible begins in Genesis 1, uh, 1:14. Galatians, not Colossians, Galatians, Colossians. You've been saying Galatians, it's Colossians. There you go. Names, yeah? Thanks for that one. Any other little corrections? Keep them to yourself. From here here on in. Particularly names, unless it's that one. Colossians. Alright. And uh, so I'm going to look at work really in the beginning. Uh, Genesis 1, 1, 4. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth... Uh, Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. 
God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from darkness. The very first words in the Bible um, are that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. He's at work. He's worked. He's telling us about stuff that God has done, has created, designed. And, and now he's beginning to put it into practice. Uh, not sure how hard that work is for God who created heaven and earth. Um, but what's really interesting to me was uh, about God and the work he undertakes is that it brings ple- pleasure to him. Yeah? Um, God seen the light was good. Uh, and you can't say anything's good, really, I don't think, without uh, having some sort of pleasure in that. Um, Genesis 1.33 says that God saw all that he had made and it was very good. So it wasn't just good and pleasing. I think it was very pleasing to the Lord uh, what he had created. This is a hard one. Ecclesiastics. Is that the right word? Ecclesiastics 11.5 gives us a clue um, about the the difficulty of uh, God's work, uh, etc., and how hard that work might be. It says here, As you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God. Uh, the maker of all things. That is hard work, that. We can't understand it, but it is hard. God designed and creates all things. And on the seventh day he rested. After creating. That sounds like very hard work. The English dictionary says. To rest. Is a period of refreshing. Freedom from exhortation. So God worked hard. And he worked so hard. That he had a period of resting. At the very least. The commentary in my NIV says. That God rested not because he was weary. As we might rest. Uh, but because his creative work was completed. Absolutely perfect. And it didn't need to be repeated, revisited or repaired. And he created, rested to commemorate what he had done. And probably enjoy it. Because it was good. Genesis 5.1 The Bible tells us that when God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. Now, if we're made in the likeness of God and God works and gets pleasure from work, then we are also made to work and to receive pleasure from that work. Yeah? And um, we're, we're, we're there to receive that pleasure the work from the work of our hands or the work of our feet if we play footy or from our voice if we're the one that calls out the, ne- the time to the next train to Waterloo. Whatever it is that we do in our work, we should receive pleasure. Now we know this, for in Genesis 2.19, after, after creating Adam and telling him about not to eat from the tree of knowledge, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. It's the first thing he did. There's something about work in us that's intrinsic. God made us to work. Uh, one second I should turn them over because they're dragging me back 
In Genesis 3.17. No, wait a second. The first thing he does is work. Now, I'm sure that he enjoyed it. However, through sin, eating from that tree of knowledge, his work now becomes toil. And we read in Genesis 3.17. After he had ate from the tree of knowledge... uh, God says, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. It was going to be hard work to eat and survive. And further in verse 19, uh, God says, by the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food. Adam would have had to work hard now, hard and long for his food, judgment for sin. However, he would be able to produce food to sustain life, grace. Now if Adam's judgment was that he was now going to have to work hard for food, etc., that judgment would also fall on us. So we were going to have to work hard now. Now I've worked in many jobs... I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, when I was a little lad. I didn't deliver newspapers, mate. I sold them like a street seller on the corner. I used to do that. Uh, I used to deliver pop to homes. I used to make cardboard boxes. Uh, studied. Uh, and then I worked making bread after studying. And that was probably a really nice piece of work. Because after you work so hard doing your studying and stuff, you just don't want to think. I had a job where I just run a machine it's great and it's but really it's just been a means to the end I mean there's some relationships in there you have some fun and stuff like that but it's not something you look forward to however my current post is a primary mental health specialist it's like a dream job and I'll come to that a little bit later on uh, and I really felt blessed that it was given to me by God and the circumstances of that will become clearer later However, of late, that job's been a little bit difficult for me. Before that, I would get up looking forward to it. I didn't have days off. My holidays, I didn't take. I always had a load at the end of it because I just enjoy my work. And I love working with the people I work with and the families. And I kind of carved out a little niche within my work. I specialise in attachment behaviour and and stuff from working with uh, post-ADHD uh, diagnosis, etc. But we'll come to the bit about why it might become difficult as we go through today's uh, reading. Colossians. Colossians 3.22.25 and 4.1 says, Slaves, obey in everything those that are your earthly ma- masters, not by means of eye service or people pleasing, but with sin- Sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily. As for the Lord, um, and not for man. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. And 4.1 says, Masters, treat your slaves justly and fairly. Knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Now at the beginning I kind of pointed to, you know, um, in our day and and, and time now, um, we're going to kind of replace the word servant 
with employee. Because this is about Christians at work, with employee. And the term master is our supervisor, manager, boss, uh, as such. Some might say, on Kennedy, when we were speaking about this, that employee today could be seen as a slave, but with rights. Huh? Your words? <laughs> However, and those re- rights protect us and guard us, etc., etc., in our employment. So we're looked after. God's already saying that masters should do that. However, if our employer doesn't adhere to those rights, give us some rest, some holidays, etc., etc., then some of us could feel like we're slaves to masters still. Um, feel like we're working for a master. Now getting back to the reading, and I've put this as such, the first command given, because I felt when I was doing this, it's a command. Colossians verse 22 says, Slaves, obeying everything, those that are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service, as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. We're instructed to submit ourselves to the request of our employers in all things, not just when they're there, not just to gain promotion or a raise or something like that, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Except if our bosses might ask us to do some of the deeds of them into sin. Different matter. Someone might preach on that one day, sin at work or what we're asked to do, etc. But today it's about those things that we're just asked to do in our job. I've written here, I was going to pass over the earthly masters bit of the passage, but felt led to look at it. Actually, it's quite important. <laughs> and I got to thinking about, if, we are, if I have an earthly master, employer, boss, etc., because he's my master, then he's in authority over me. Yeah? And God points all in authority, all. And as such, we should be treating them as our master, as someone placed in authority over us, we should be treating them uh, with earnest and utmost respect. He's in authority. God placed them there over me. With earnest and utmost respect. Not treated with eye service or people please, but respect. Romans 13 verse 1 2 says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And those who exist has been instituted by God. All in authority are instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority, resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. Can't say this fella's name, yeah? K.P. Yang Yang No idea. But if you ask me, I'll show you his name and you can write it down. In his book, and I was reading this before this preaching stuff. Uh, in his book, Touching Godliness Through Submission, says that scripture tells us when we pray to say it like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Uh, thy kingdom come. And later on it talks about deliver us from the evil one, yeah? Is that the same prayer you say? What we were actually saying... K.P. Yaga Yaga says is Lord we acknowledge that you are king uh, and ultimate authority in our lives Uh, but we're being constantly attacked 
by the evil one who is trying to influence us to rebel against our authority the authority put down by God and, our, and, and what he says is that we should ask God to deliver us from the danger of being deceived into rebelling uh, against or from not submitting to our authority yeah and that really struck me um, and i 'll come back to that about that time when uh, when I began to struggle and, and work felt that toil. Giving eye service or people pleasing is not submission to authority it 's actually manipulating and rebelling against that authority put in place by God, and it 's not pleasing to God so let 's remind ourselves how we should obey. Scripture says, with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Now, sincerity is a noun in the dictionary, in my dictionary anyway. A noun meaning honesty and genuineness. Honesty is the expression of true, deep feeling. Here's another name. Hezekiah. Hezekiah, king. Isaiah comes to him, he's got a word from the Lord, uh, he's very ill, and God tells him, put your house in order because you're going to die. Yeah? What does Hezekiah do? He cries out to the Lord in Isaiah 38.3. Remember Lord how I walk before you faithfully with wholehearted devotion and done what was good in your eyes. Yeah? Before he wept bitterly. Now that sounds sincere to me. Uh, very uh, sincere and faithful, he cries out to the Lord and wept bitterly. Now the word of the Lord came back to Isaiah. God said to Isaiah, go and tell, it. Go and, go and tell Hezekiah, this is the word of the Lord. The God of your father David says, I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will add 15 years to your life. And I will deliver you and this city from the king of... I don't know that name. Syria, thank you very much. I don't mind that. (laughs) And I will defend this city, yeah? What a blessing. But what's he done? He's honoured God. He's He's walked how God has asked him to do in all things. If you read his bits, I mean, he really stood up. I've got the right fellow here. This king. Great king. Psalm 34.9 says, Fear the Lord, you, his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. Yeah. We come with him with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. We lack nothing. He's there. And I'll get to how much he's been there with me of late. Scripture says, Obedience pleases the Lord. And Owen talked about this the other week, Colossians. Colossians 3.20 says, Children, obey your parents in all things. All things, yeah? But this is well-pleasing to the Lord. If we obey him in all things, it's pleasing to God. I did that. I was thinking about that when I read it, right? And I was thinking, to know that God is pleased with me, I'd do it, me. But it's not big stuff. Children, obey your parents. I mean, they can because they're rowdy or whatever at times. But to think, if I do this, I please God. God solve that, please. Oh. Good work. Please, looking out there. What good work. 
Obeying or submitting to those placing authority over us pleases God. What's more is uh, an act of worship and glorifies his name. How we present in everything that we do. You know, and, and today it's about work. We've looked in other areas. How we do that glorifies God's name. When I was doing this, people were saying to me, Oh, what are you doing this week? You know, the odd night, what are you doing tonight? I'm doing a preach. They've never heard me say that because they've never done one. You're doing a preach, what on? Christians at work. Got some banter going. What are you doing this weekend? I'm preaching. You're preaching. So I've been able to share the word of God at work. Amazing that, isn't it? Probably pleasing too, eh? <laughs> now I like to look at things a slightly different way too. Scripture says God appoints all, yeah? Then that means employees too. We get appointed, man. Many of us will have prayed for our job and we've seen it as a gift from God, yeah? Alright. Not asleep. No one sleep yet. Uh, my job, I think he gave me the, the job of my dreams. And uh, num- in Numbers 8.19, he says, Of all the Israelites, I have given the Levites as, a, as gifts to Aaron and his sons to do the work at the tent of meeting, yeah? She gives and give gifts of people to other people to do work, yeah? It says here, tell them about how you got appointed, yeah? Me and Corrie met some time ago, yeah? And uh, we'd, we'd dated and stuff, and we've agreed to get married, and we've set the date. It's the 3rd of December. I'm working in Oldham, Manchester, and, uh, and I put my re- resignation in. I have no job, yeah? And I was talking to people, I'm searching for work, I'm crying out to the Lord for a job, no job's coming. But I was talking to someone, he says, you want to apply for a job as a primary mental health worker, yeah? So we've come over, we used to come over and go to the Wednesday group at your, at your house at the time, didn't we? And we've left there and gone home on the internet. There's two jobs, primary mental health workers, one in Doncaster and one in Rotherham. Now I wanted the Donny one. Because it was nearer and it paid more money. <laughs> so we prayed, filled out the applications, sent them off, yeah? And I got, um, I got an interview for both. What was really strange, I, I mean, I was on my knees. I'm getting married and I've got a family that I've got to look after and provide for, yeah? And I'm panicking, willing to do anything. And then I get to this interview, and the interview date, it's the 1st of December. I resigned. I, I resigned and my last day at work was the 1st of December, 12 o'clock. I've got an interview in Doncaster on the same day at 3 o'clock. Yeah? So, race is over. Corinne takes me to the hospital. I was, did my interview. She said, how did it go? I went, oh, it was really easy. You know when you say it's easy, you think, messed up there or something. It was too easy. It really was. And we went back and... Um, and that evening, the, in, the chair of the panel gave me a phone call. I'm expecting rejection, mate. I'd like to just tell yeah, yeah, it's okay. And she went, no, 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 you've got the job. She had to correct me, didn't she? Because I heard her and I went, yeah, thanks very much then, or whatever it was. She gave me a job. Wasn't it? It was a real blessing, wasn't it? At such a time. But because I'd, I'd resigned, I had no work to do. You know, like a month's notice or whatever, I was finished. Can you start on Monday? 
I went, can't do that. I'm getting married on Friday. This was Wednesday. Get married Friday and ask me to work on Monday. That's amazing, that, isn't it? I think so. Um, anyway. Anyway, I'm talking to... Before I start work, I go in to see my boss. Because, actually, I'm really nervous. Because my job title is actually primary mental health specialist. And I'm thinking, I don't know now about mental health, never mind being a specialist. And I've gone into work, and I've got my name. You know them little name cards you pass about? Mental health specialist, Martin Green. I'm like, I've got my mobile phone, a computer. I've never had none of this stuff. I worked at that level, not here. But I remember I'd have done my job for less money as well. Because I thought that was what I was worthy of, less. And I said to my boss, I had a quick word where I went, not sure I know that much about mental health. <laughs> no, I really did, didn't I? You were there. I said, I don't think I know that much about mental health. I'm feeling a bit anxious. And he said to me, these are his words. And this is the gifting, I think, getting to the point. I was blessed, gifted. He said to me, there was better qualified people there during that interviews. He said, but one, from what you presented, it was the qualities of what you had that I wanted in this department. Yeah? he seen something, he was pleased, and he thought, I'll have... He had a choice who he picked out of all of them, and he picked me. You know? And I honour him for that today. He picked me to do his work. Anyway, we'll come back to that. Uh, tell the story, did that, Colossians 3.22.24 says, Whatever you do, work heartily, as if for the Lord and not for man, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Heartily in the dictionary means in a sincere and enthusiastic way. Yeah? We're asked to work in a sincere and enthusiastic way. Now for me there's two types of work, yeah? Work, God's work. Yeah, you've got that same script. Work, God's work. Well, while preparing this preach or Wednesday group or whatever, I always, like church this morning, we're in preparation to do the work for the Lord or whatever, uh, use up there and other people brewing up, we'll invite God to come and join us, won't we? All the time. Every Wednesday group before we start, we sit, we're focused to bring God with us, yeah? In the secular, my work, I don't necessarily do that in all things. I just don't. But we need to remember that all work is God's work. Now, there's another story to tell you. Now, the reason I think I had difficulty working and became toil was this. I got comfortable yeah comfortable and I got a little bit what's the word there's a word I can never say it I got a little bit I'll come back to that word it's really important complacent thank you very much I was leading there well you're reading my minds now I got complacent I got good at my job God bless me in my job honestly I do not know how I know the things I know to do my job I have no idea honestly <laughs> Don't forget the beginning, I said to you, I'm not a primary mental health specialist. Not even a whatever. Anyway, I know all this stuff, it sticks in my head. I'm uh, dyslexic too, I don't know how I do it. God. 
So all of that that I'm blessed with, and I still forget to invite him in. And even I got arrogant, I think. It was my prayer at work, right? I got to work, I was telling Owen about it the other day. I got to work and I'd go, Lord God, I'm good at my job, but you're better. So will you come with me today? That's arrogant a bit, isn't it? I'm good at my job, but will you come with me? And then there'd be the emergency one, you know, where I'd go and see someone, I'd be quite worried, so I'd go, God, you need to come with me today. You know, it was a little bit of a whimper. God, come. You know, at the end, when it became toil, I was crying, I was like, Hezekiah, I was like him. <laughs> I was brought to my knees. Circumstances took me to my knees. And I, I was phoning Tim at the time. And uh, I think it's Psalm 101. And you start reading it. Lord God, hear my cry. Something like that. I mean, cry. That's, I didn't even get to the next verse. Did I? I would just read it over and over. Lord God, hear my cry. And I come, we were coming to church this morning. I was playing a Christian tune. I've got three. No, three favourites from the disc that I'm playing. But the words in one of them goes, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. And I'd play that when work was toil. But you know, and I'd stop outside clients' houses and I'd say, God, you need to come with me. I'd become complacent, I'd become comfortable. And you know what? I'd become disrespectful, actually, to my clients and all that. I knew better and I was... And when God came into it, when God came to work with me, it seemed very different. It seemed like I was serving again. Whereas before I'm there to tell you what to do, and you go and did it. It was like I was serving the client. I was listening better. I was uh, responding to the needs better and becoming that serving person again. Amazing. Absolutely. I mean, God... Was, was amazing. Anyway, that's my bit of why it became toil. It became arrogant. Now, Jesus is Lord and reigns over everything. Everything. Uh, and we're being told here to bring everything in our lives under Christ. And not to work for the money, the promotion, the power, or the station. But for God. That's what it's saying. For God. And... Um, I was thinking a little bit about how we kind of do things for our boss, that people please you or I serve a bit. Or even just doing it. We do things for our boss, wife, husbands, children, etc. Uh, but they can't give us the full reward. Yeah? They just can't. It's not what our nature needs and what they give doesn't fit sometimes. You'll get a touch of it sometimes and you'll feel really whatever. And that's because the issue with humans is they, they soon forget what we've done and can often replace them thoughts of the good things that we've done with bad or what we can't do or achieve today. Christ, however, is quick to erase the wrongs that we do and remember the least of them. If we, if we acknowledge him as the Lord... You said this earlier, Moana. If we acknowledge him as the Lord and repent of our sins. Yeah? That's all we have to do. Acknowledge him as Lord 
Christ died on the cross for my sins, paid the price, and that I come before him and say, you know what? I'm a sinner. Because before I became a Christian, I wasn't even a sinner in my head. This is what we do in the secular. That's what we do, isn't it? Day in, day out. It doesn't matter that I've done that because no one knows and it doesn't matter and everybody else does it. Not today. Not today as a Christian. Now, although we're, although we're uh, told that we get that reward in heaven, I think we also get it here a little bit, me. Um, because it's that joy of doing something. That's the reward, isn't it? It's not about toil and all of that. It's about joy. Now, when we love someone, yeah, as I love Corin, we do works from the heart naturally, don't we? Would you like a cup of tea? You just serve, don't you? You just serve. It's not about trying to please. You don't have to try. You just please. It's natural. It happens, yeah? And I feel that if we get to that point with work, with our employer, is this working for the Lord in a heartly manner, then just as I received that joy from doing for Corinne, if I have that spirit at work, then that joy will return. That joy that was lost because of sin. Now following on, Galatians, uh, Colossians 3.25 says, For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong that he has done. And there is no partiality. None. Yeah? I mean, when you read God's word slowly, because I'll get my Bible out and I'll just keep reading and reading and reading. But when you stop and think, oh, wait a second. Romans 13.3 says, For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Yeah? Would you have no fear of the one in authority? Question mark. Then do what is good, and you will receive the approval, for he is God's servant for your good. For your good. Because we're not very good at being that. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Yeah? Big warning here. Secular and God-fearing, I think. Within the work setting, if, I blatantly, if I'm blatantly caught paying uh, eye service or people-pleasing, then I deserve to be reprimanded if caught or found out. There's protocols in my workplace if I say I've done something I haven't actually or I've done it, uh, you know, not up to standard. Uh, with God, I have an opportunity to come before him and repent and I know I'm forgiven, yeah? It's not there, it's erased. At work, however, I can say I'm sorry but there's often repercussions, despite the apology. So beware with that one. Finally, I've got Genesis because I spelt it wrong completely. <laughs> Colossians 4.1 says, Masters, treat your slaves justly and fairly, knowing that you, are, you also have a master in heaven. Justly in the Bible means with honesty. Treat your slaves, employees, honestly. An honest day's work for an honest day's pay. Fairly, I mean, you hear fairly, I think it's more than what it actually is. Every time, fairly, 
doesn't mean over the top or extravagantly. It simply means to a moderately sufficient extent or in a fair, even-handed manner. God wanted the people in church to treat their slaves in a way that, in me, my interpretation of that, with grace. That which is given uh, to them um, by their God in heaven. I was going to read one bit, but I wanted to read this bit instead. Ecclesiastics? Ecclesiastics 5.19 says that Moreover, when God gives any man wealth and possessions and enables him to enjoy them to accept his lot and be happy in his work this is a gift of God all those things and I think if we do all of those things uh, you know, we're going to be given that imagine that yeah, a gift from God for just doing what we're meant to be doing for honouring that command now in concluding what have we looked at that we're made in God's image we're made to work due to sin work becomes toil not just toil our attitudes have changed because of sin I'm sure when Adam was with God in the garden of Eden there wasn't no attitude problem that was just joy pure joy I am sure of it yeah but we've changed. Our attitudes have changed. Our motivations have changed. Yeah? Our egos. Whatever it is that's in your way. Could be in your way or whatever. We've changed. We're sinful. And we're tempted to rebel. And not submit to those in authority over us. God however. In that reading. Instructs us to obey our earthly matters. In everything in every way as if working for God himself and we do this by inviting God into our work remember all work is God's work how can we miss that to invite God every time we meet as a church as a group we invite him in and yet I go to work I spend more time out there than in the church it needs to change that bit the bit that needs to change we need to invite God into everything and by doing this, working for and in partnership with God, we may also regain that joy and pleasure that was taken because of that sinful nature. <coughs> now that's it. Yeah? But I think it's powerful. I think it's, you know, what is here today, I mean it's a bit of an eye-opener. It's not because I've known God come alongside in those emergency meetings and all of that and the amazing work that I've gone to meetings that have been so complicated and what have you um, you know and I've invited God in and he's just he's just done his work, he's just done it and you will experience that why do we not do that more? yeah now the prayer, what I'd like to do is you know, this affects all we're all working, in a field or not, you know whether it's a, a job for an employee or even voluntary work. Jenny does voluntary, don't you, Jenny? We all do bits of work, don't we? You know, one of, I got a... Yeah, I wasn't going to share this this morning, but I got a complaint against me at work. Now, when I read the complaint they went through it, it was trivial. I mean, my boss says whatever. But for me, it really hit me. Do you know why? Because I, I represent my employer out in the community. And I may have given, give that client 
a wrong picture of what my work is or what my uh, you know, whole department is and what they do and how they interact and act with the general public. That hurt me, that, you know. And we're representing God in all things here, you know. For that employee, we need to treat him with the utmost and earnest respect. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to visit gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk.